the one shared purpose that all highly sensitives possess is liberation and not to be liberated from the constraints of a world that tend to be designed for the other 80%, the non-highly sensitives, but from the constraints that we put upon ourselves. And once you allow yourself to truly go through the process of that liberation, there is going to be such an unleashing of power, but also an unleashing of peace and unleashing of purpose. And most importantly, an unleashing of impact that you're here to make, which goes far beyond anything that you've been able to consider up until now. Raise 1000 Voices is the podcast on a mission to raise the voices of the clever, creative and courageous women across the world. I am your host, Jacqueline Nagel, and I invite you to join me in conversations with women who will inspire and empower you as we explore just how to lift our levels of self-trust, to reclaim the narrative and to use our voice to go after exactly what we want, doing it with strength, power and grace. Heather, Dominic, welcome to Raise 1000 Voices. It's so good to have you here. It is so good to be here and I'm so looking forward to this conversation. Yeah, it's been a while since we've had a conversation. For everyone listening along, where in the world are you at the moment? I am in New York City, Manhattan, Upper West Side to be specific. Oh, I love that part. Actually, New York's one of my favorite cities in the world. It was always on my bucket list. (laughs) yes come visit anytime Uh, we would love to have you yeah it's one of my favorite places to come and I do intend to be back there before the end of the year awesome so Heather I've got to know you through some masterminding that I was involved in in the U.S. some time ago I know you and what you do but for those of um, in the audience who haven't come across Heather Dominic before who are you what do you do and tell us a little bit about how you got there Absolutely. Well, can sound like such a simple question, but it's really so complex, right? It is. Uh, So I hear the question, like, who are you? And all these different words run through my mind. It's like, well, I'm a woman. I'm a partner. I'm a leader. I'm a mentor. I'm many, many, many things. For the purpose of this conversation, I think many people know me as a highly sensitive leadership mentor. I've been self-employed for 20 years. This is my anniversary year. Congratulations. Um, Thank you so much. Very exciting. And I've just traveled such a terrain through these 20 years. I'll aim to keep it as simple as possible. In my former life and my former career, I was a high school drama teacher I got the inspiration to leave the traditional classroom. Really, I would say pretty much because of living through very closely a part of 9-11. Yeah. I don't know if I could have said that at that time, but looking back, I know that was a real catalyst to make such a significant change. And I'm made the decision to uh, enter into being self-employed with pretty much like no idea what I was doing (laughs) at all. And it really was 
following the breadcrumbs forward, step-by-step, the business has gone through various iterations and transitions as part of that. 2010 was a pivotal year. At the end of 2009, I was very, very worn out, very burnt out. I had actually brought my business across the seven-figure mark for the first time. And I would love to say it was like this amazing celebratory experience, but it was actually the exact opposite. I was really, really just massively overworked. I was overwhelmed. I was overexhausted. I was really questioning everything that I was doing. And if it even really made sense to, you know, remain in business, if this is what it was all going to be about. And it was that time that led me to learn that I was a highly sensitive, that I am a highly sensitive person. And I didn't really understand what that was at first. I had never heard that terminology, but the more that I received support around what it was to be highly sensitive, it was like all these light bulbs went off. And I started realizing that being a highly sensitive person meant that I was going to have to be in business very differently. I was going to need to approach my marketing differently, my selling differently, my operations differently. And that's what I started to do. And there was a real incredible shift in terms of what my day-to-day experience was like being in business. And that really began what is the highly sensitive leadership revolution and having now mentored and coached so many other highly sensitive entrepreneurs and leaders from around the globe over the last decade. And I will also say just really having that beautiful feeling of having just really, you know, landed um, in my purpose and the, the gratitude that I have for being able to, to live that, to breathe that, to be that every single day. So and here we are. Now I'm talking and to you. Here we are. Yes, <laughs> yes, we are having this conversation. Yeah, the one of the things that really got my attention there was you said, you know, the more you learned about being about what highly sensitive meant, the more light bulbs went off. Can you walk us through some of those light bulbs and what they meant from a shift in perspective? Absolutely. So first, I think it's a value to just speak to what it does mean to be a highly sensitive person. Uh, For anyone listening who maybe also has never heard that that term before, which is, you know, where I was when I first made the, the discovery. So highly sensitive person is by far a term coined by me. It actually comes out of research from the mid 1990s. There's one woman in particular who is most well known for her research and work regarding highly sensitive people. Her name is Dr. Elaine Aaron. She's most well known because she has written the book, The Highly Sensitive Person. In short, what it means to be highly sensitive is that you are a person who is born into the world with a nervous system that is wired to take in stimulation at a much higher degree than someone who is not highly sensitive. So that stimulation can be anything from sight to sound, to smell, to touch, to emotion, to energy, to information. The research also shows that there's only 20% of us who are born into the world highly sensitive. From this very unique position, 
what can occur is that one, if you are unaware that you're highly sensitive or you're aware that you're highly sensitive, but you're untrained in how to work with your nervous system, the world can feel literally very overwhelming. And I like to describe it as not the kind of like never ending to do list overwhelm that we can all relate to, but it's actually a physiological overwhelm. So the nervous system taking in stimulation at a high degree can very easily flood in the way that you are interpreting or processing the world. So the light bulbs that went off for me, the first light bulb was like, oh my gosh, that's why this whole self-employed thing seems to take so much more out of me than others that I'm looking to or masterminding with is because literally my system is processing all of the intensity that naturally comes with being an entrepreneur. I'm feeling it. I'm registering it at a much higher degree. So this goes way beyond say mindset, which was like a big popular conversation at the time that I was making this. Still is. Still is in the world of entrepreneurship. Yeah. Still is, which of course is absolutely of value and importance. Uh, However, being a highly sensitive person, it's like you have to add in this additional element um, in terms of how to manage the nervous system. So that was really like the, the most, like I would say the largest light bulb. And so with that lens, as I mentioned, I started looking at marketing, selling operations through that lens of high sensitivity. And it's like, okay, well, what would I need to shift? How would I need to do things differently if I am going to continue to market, if I'm going to continue to sell, I'm going to continue to operate a business so that I'm not being flooded. And um, yeah, and that was really the the pivotal the pivotal time and and moment and and shift into, you know, as I also mentioned, everything that's the highly sensitive leadership revolution now. Yeah. And it has been a revolution. You have actually really generated a global movement in this regard. With regard, before we move into the the people that you work with, what were the fundamental changes that you had to make in the business to accommodate being highly sensitive for yourself? Yes. Well I would say first and foremost was learning and understanding what it is that I personally needed to operate optimally. And a big part of that was diving into just being willing to inquire into what my own natural circadian rhythm is and how to then work with that circadian rhythm to still create what I was interested in creating. So a lot, like a lot of coaching that I was receiving, a lot of trainings that I was attending, you know, it was a lot of talk, like, you know, if you say, for example, like if you, I just remember this one example, like if you want to write a book, you know, get up at five o'clock in the morning and write that book for three hours before you start your day at eight o'clock. 
And just even the concept of that, <laughs> I was like, I, I could just feel like my entire system shut down. And meanwhile, there was all these people around me who were like, you know, cheering and hollering and like, yes, and we're all going to write a book and it's, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> and we're going to do it in the next 30 days. And I was like hyperventilating, <laughs> like, literally like having like a nervous breakdown. Um, so it was like, okay, it's not that I can't write write a book. <laughs> um, because it just FYI for everyone listening, I have written a book. Um, but I cannot do it that way. Yeah. So I'm going to have to um, you know, do the work to to find out like, well, what is that going to look like for me? Um, and and also just FYI for all listening, like I didn't have the luxury or like the you know financial backing where I could just put everything on hold to write yeah. a book either. It really had to be like, okay, what is the both and option here for me? Yeah, I think that's one of the things that we forget to explore sometimes is the both and. It's we get these custom rules, you know, been getting my health and fitness back on track. So the the biggest thing for entrepreneurs is get up at four thirty five o'clock to get your exercise done. And I'm actually now getting up at four thirty five o'clock, but to write and create. I can't mm. exercise straight up. I have to get the words out of my head. Mm. Um, so, you know, so now it's about finding that rhythm. As you said, you know, I can't I can't necessarily operate that way, but I can find a way to do it. It's been marvellous to discover by getting up at 4.35 o'clock and having clear space I can create, but mm. it wasn't the intention. But I'm the same. Like when people say you have to do it this way and I'm like, I'm not so sure. I really yeah, for so sure. sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I would say that's probably like one of the, you know, biggest values that myself and my team commit to with the highly sensitive leadership training programs is the individualization for each member in our programs. It is like the, like, you know, like the golden spice, if you will, yeah. especially for us as highly sensitives, because not every highly sensitive person is also going to create the way that I create, right? Yeah. It really is like, it's about like, what is that process to really understand yourself, know yourself, and then to be able to create the structures and the systems that will support you in still being able to fulfill the purpose you've been brought here to fulfill. It might take a little longer, right? Then again, the formulaic approach, but at the end of the day, that formulaic approach tends to not work for us who are highly sensitive anyway. So, yeah. you know, it's worth a thousand times over to, to really have that understanding, have that knowing. And, you know, then again, it just changes everything as you go forward for the rest of your life. So we know more than a decade in this work now and the love, and I've seen the love when we've had conversations in person, I've seen the love that you have for this work and for the people that you work with. What are the things that you've really noticed that really stand out this community and how they approach life and business, not just business? What are the things that you've learned over this more than a decade? Yeah, thank you. Well, first of all, I just really appreciate your acknowledgement of my passion for the work um, and appreciate knowing that that's what you've received from, you know, times that we've been able to be together. I would say the passion really derives from deeply knowing from my own personal experience, but then for those that I mentor and coach how deep a calling each highly sensitive entrepreneur and leader 
has to really be able to take the unique gifts and strengths mm. that we tend to possess as highly sensitives and use them in service to betterment for others. And yet how challenging that can often feel because there is this, this terrain, if you will, this, this chasm that needs to be transcended when it comes to the highly sensitive person's ability to feel safe in answering that call. And that's a real shared thread between many highly sensitive entrepreneurs and leaders, both that calling and the concern regarding safety. So a lot of my tools and my teachings and trainings are about how to literally learn to work with your nervous system so that you don't feel so vulnerable, so exposed, but you can actually tap in to the strengths that our highly sensitive nature provides us with and use those strengths to be able to answer that call, but in a way where you don't, again, feel vulnerable in a negative or exposed way, but you can actually be in a place of strength while also being visible and vulnerable and seeing that transformation happen. And then what each highly sensitive entrepreneur and leader is able to create and the impact that they're able to make as a result of being willing to do that transformational work, that transformational process. I mean, to me, that's, that's really just, you know, that's everything. It's everything. Yeah. So we have a predominantly female audience. Is your, your movement, is it mainly women that come through? Is there a lot of men coming into it now? Like where is it sitting from a, and I don't like asking this question usually, but I'm really curious from a demographic perspective. Yeah, for sure. It is mostly women. I always like to say we have a few special men. Um, And that doesn't not match the research, meaning that there aren't more women in the world who are highly sensitive than men. It really, yeah, it really just comes down in my, you know, practical research opinion, meaning just my experience over this decade, it really comes down to culture. Right. So there's already hurdles for many women to overcome in, you know, accepting that they're highly sensitive and then embracing their highly sensitive and then really utilizing their high sensitivity in service to lead. And those hurdles are higher for men within our global culture, for sure. Yeah, really, really interesting. Is there a resistance when women and men, but is there a resistance when people first start to realize that this could be? who they are? Or is it a relief? So interesting, because when I first started this work, when I first learned that I was highly sensitive, as I was sharing, I actually brought it, um, you know, to a coach that I was working with at the time. And that coach literally said to me, she said, do not use the words highly sensitive in your marketing, you can't do that. So that's going to be such a turnoff, it's not going to go anywhere. And yet I knew in my heart, I was like, this, this is what I'm meant to do. Like, I have to do this. Like, this has made such a difference for me. I know it's going to make such a difference for so many others. And since that time, so again, over the last decade, I like to say that you can kind of like, 
you know, swing a teacup and you'll hit someone coaching. (laughs) This is true. (laughs) Like it's like, it's now it's everywhere. Um, But that's great. You know, so there is more of a shift from it being a sense of shame into being a, you know, sense of empowerment. There is still that, that middle, you know, space where Mm -hmm even though people will say like, oh yeah, like, okay, it's, it's not necessarily a secret that I have to keep, or it's not necessarily shameful, but I'm also not proud of this. And then particularly for the demographic that I work with, which is those who are called to be self-employed, that becomes even more refined because there, there is this, you know, sense within the entrepreneurial culture that you, you have to be hard skinned. You have to be willing to take risks. You grind and hustle, grind and hustle. So it is often kept more of a secret. And so then that is where that relief comes in that I, I encounter a lot, which is like, oh my gosh, like, this is amazing. Like there's actually a place where one, I don't feel like a freak. Um, and two, I can actually learn how to work with this aspect of myself so that it's, you know, moving me forward rather than constantly feeling like it's holding me back. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I work with women to help them find their voice and to raise their voice and to speak into what matters for them and their lived and worked experience. And the biggest threat that we have to our the strength of our external voice is actually the power of our internal critic. And that's the thing that holds us back all the time. When we teach women how to dance with that inner critic, they almost become unstoppable. We almost can't keep them off a stage and can't keep them off a platform. What is it that you see shift in the highly sensitive entrepreneur that creates that same ignition point, if you like? What is it shift that shifts for them? Yeah. Um, well, I would say it's, it's similar. So, you know, I hear you speak to the inner critic and in my work, I really refer to that as the the super ego voice, right? So within my work, I've identified what I refer to as 12 top shadows, uh, to being a highly sensitive entrepreneur and 12 top strengths. So the journey really is that shift from shadow reactive behavior into being able to tap into the proactive use of your strengths. And that's really where the magic lies. And often very similar to what you described for yourself, it's that super ego voice, right? It's that inner judge that will really try to interrupt right to to circumnavigate that that journey from from shadow to strength so being able to master that so that you as i like to say you can feel your feelings without becoming them yeah. you can think your thoughts without believing them yes that allows for then that easier access of the the strengths that we do possess as as highly sensitive leaders Yeah. What is it that you see highly sensitive entrepreneurs and leaders? Where is it that they're called mostly to? Is there a particular vein of work that they're drawn to? Is there anything that really, really creates a vein? It really tends to be service based. 
which when you consider those top 12 strengths really makes sense. Um, And I can speak to a few of those strengths. When I first started the work, it tended to be more the coaches, the creatives, where the work has really expanded to is we now have highly sensitive entrepreneurs and leaders in all different types of arenas and sectors, including leaders who are working in uh, more traditional organizations, associations, corporations, businesses that are more traditional, such as dentistry, you know, real estate, um, you know, someone who's even in construction. And there is always the call to be of service. So what we don't have is we don't have the person who's selling a thousand widgets, right? (laughs) (laughs) It is that that use of strengths to to be able to to really make a difference for other people. Um, Again, whether it's in more of a traditional business or coaching or creative or within an organization, we do possess strengths such as we are extremely intuitive, We are very empathic. We are excellent, deep thinkers, listeners, feelers, all of those when you really learn how to hone them and use them and marketing, selling and operations allow you to be able to, you know, to, yeah, to have an an excellent and a successful service-based business. Amazing. So one of the questions I do ask is, and I think this will be really relevant, especially because when highly sensitives are pushing back on that true core identity, they can struggle to raise their voice. What breaks your heart when women and highly sensitive entrepreneurs and leaders don't step into their power and use their voice and lean into their gifts? Well, you know, my sense is, and I'm sure that you see this in your work, is, you know, any lack of voice is really truly just such a a missed opportunity it really is a a suffocation Mm. It, it really is a suppression and oppression and for highly sensitives all of that applies and i would say and maybe just a little additional notch of that. And that additional notch is because we are only 20% of the population, uh, a common experience for highly sensitives as they're entering into leadership training is a real feeling of otherness and a real feeling of not enoughness. And that then hampers the voice even that much more so. So it's not so much of, I don't feel as if I can use my voice. It's a feeling of why would anyone even want to hear what I have to say? And that really does become part of that transformation that I was describing earlier from that shadows to strengths, you know, because most highly sensitives have a very unique perspective and then they're yeah. for a very unique message. It's interesting. Many of the women coming through, we have about half and half come through from, they have deep worked experience they want to speak into and deep lived experience they want to work, lean into. But the commonality is that they're, they're ready to speak in service to others. And usually it's the thing that's holding them back is exactly what you described. It's that 
who is going to listen to me anyway? Is this really as significant as I feel it is? And the thing that gets them through is a deep belief that this is worth saying, mm-hmm. um, that that's the the thread that pulls them through. Are there any powerful or quietly powerful feminine voices that you love in the world? Oh my gosh, what a great question. Um, well, we both share this person as we both saw her speak recently. So Marianne Williamson, oh, um, absolutely, uh, fully and completely. She has a lot to say and especially now, yes. uh, I'm sure there's others, but she just, you know, and I've, I've also done a lot of uh, deep mentor work with Marianne, but she popped right into my head for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that there's a really close tie between yourself and Marianne, which is extraordinary. Is there a time, you know, we, we've unpacked your entrepreneurial journey. You had this, you know, this calling when 9-11 happened and you were living in New York City at the time, weren't you? You're New York City native? Yeah, just over a mile from ground zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So massive impact for all of us around the world, but particularly for you. So that shifted you into the entrepreneurial journey almost a decade in, you've realized that you need to go this highly sensitive. You've created this revolution. You're actually still driving that revolution. It's not that it's actually petering out. Is there anywhere that you feel that you should have gone that you didn't at any point? Mm. Mm, What a yummy question. Oh, I don't know. I think the answer, the, the short answer would be no, only because we have to go through what we have to go through to get to where we are and where we're meant to be. Right. If I had a wish or perhaps even an envy, it would be to, to understand that I was highly sensitive earlier than I did and how much that would have changed for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of those things that happens as we start, you know, to get further into our journey is it's like, Oh, wow. I wish I'd known this earlier balanced really well with I couldn't have known it earlier because I wouldn't have been ready for it so it's this real twist and pull isn't it for sure yeah absolutely Heather what I would love to also know is if you had somebody sitting in front of you who is just starting on that journey of becoming highly sensitive which I know is a lot of the women that you meet before they come into your programs if you only had three minutes in front of them what is it that you would want them to know and to believe yeah absolutely well, it's so interesting because there's the person who's just learned that there's they're highly sensitive. And then there's also the person who's known that they're highly sensitive, but they don't really want to admit it. The second so, one I think I'm interested yeah. in. Yeah. Okay. So then it's that three minutes is first and foremost to share really truly how much of a place of power it is to own your sensitivity and to learn how to use it. And once you do, you will experience such an incredible sense of freedom. And according to Dr. Aaron and her research, the one shared purpose that all highly sensitives possess is liberation. 
and not to be liberated from the constraints of a world that tend to be designed for the other 80%, the non-highly sensitives, but from the constraints that we put upon ourselves. And once you allow yourself to truly go through the process of that liberation, there is going to be such an unleashing of power, but also an unleashing of peace and unleashing of purpose. And most importantly, an unleashing of impact that you're here to make, which goes far beyond anything that you've been able to consider up until now. I love that so much because quite often we are the ones holding ourselves back. When you said it's actually about the restraints we put on ourselves, not what the other 80% of the world puts on, I think that's a message I really want everybody listening to take away because it's actually self-imposed a lot of the time and the freedom comes from actually realising that, yes. um, which is a lot of the work that we do as well with trying to find our voice for without the women that we work with. Heather, when it comes to the next period of time, whatever this next stage in your journey is, you know, when you look beyond the immediate horizon, what is it that you hope to continue to bring to the world or what's the next evolution of what you want to bring to the world? It's really the continuation of this revolution and the ultimate would be to see a ripple effect of a deeper degree of acceptance of the highly sensitive person, not only as a person who needs to protect and engage in self-soothing exercises, although that's of value as well, but that actually this is a real uh, important and imperative part of the population to be tapped into and used to help this shift, right? This shift that we're all experiencing right now and the value of the highly sensitive person as a leader is a, a real imperative piece to, to play such an important part in that shift, in yeah. my opinion. So that's that's what um, you know. I hope to be able to, to see, to experience and, if I can't personally see it and experience it myself to just really have a sense that in some way my work has contributed to that. Yeah, absolutely. Earlier in our conversation, you mentioned the 12 shadows and the 12 strengths. I'm just wondering whether you could explore for us one of those shadows that is really quite dominant when people come into your world. And then when that shifts, what the strength is that they step into, I think that would be really fascinating for our listeners. Yeah, for sure. Well, I would say the top shadow is definitely overwhelm and it's overwhelm as I was speaking to earlier, not the, you know, everyone shares the modern day life to-do list overwhelm, but a real sense of physiological overwhelm when things are perhaps happening too quickly um, or uh, there's other ways that the stimulation is just kind of overtaking the nervous system. It can really feel like the nervous system like shuts down and the highly sensitive entrepreneur leader, they can have difficulty like focusing, they can have difficulty making decisions. Um, they can feel extremely frustrated, uh, can often show up and just feeling exhausted. Right. Um, or there can be a real sense of disconnect or even disassociation. And then there's that element of shame that we were talking about earlier. 
when a highly sensitive entrepreneur and leader enters into the leadership training program and they learn how to begin to work with their nervous system, they learn how to begin to really manage their energy. What happens is the individual goes from this place of kind of being afraid for when those moments are going to happen to first of all, those moments being very, very minimal, a deeper understanding of what creates those moments for you so that you can be proactive and ahead of those moments. And then what's accessed from a strength perspective really taps into that top 12, uh, the top strength of the top 12, which is intuition. Oh, I so love that shape. Yes, to be able to so much more easily, and the key is quickly access intuition to be able to then make decisions, make decisions more quickly, feel more confident in decisions, be able to utilize the intuition for, um, you know, out of the box, creative ideas with marketing, ways to be able to show up differently in selling conversation, set up new systems and operations, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and there's a real like lightning acceleration that takes off. And, uh, and also that sense of freedom that we talked yeah. about because we're no longer constrained, right? No yeah. longer like, like I have to do things in a certain way um, in my business, in my life, and in a way that, you know, has me in a space of overwhelm. But instead it's just like, you know, full open doors for yeah. library. I love that thought. And anything that leads us closer to our intuitive power is, is a blessing, I believe. Heather, we're yes. going to have to wrap it up fairly soon. But as we do, I just asked, I'd love to ask some questions that we ask of everyone. So are you a book or podcast or both type of person? I am a both type of person. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so if we go to books first, what is the book that changed your life or that you constantly are giving away or recommending to people? Gosh, well, I have to go back to Marianne. So a woman's worth really made uh, such a difference for me as well as a return to love, both of those for sure. I haven't recommended either of them in a while though. So um, that's a good little nudge to be able to do that. Yeah. 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 It's interesting when somebody actually asked me that question and I realized that the book I used to give to everybody I'd stopped doing. And so I'm going to bring that back in as well. Mm -hmm. When it comes to podcasts, what's your current podcast binge? Oh my gosh. Um, let's see. The, I, <laughs> it's kind of like a guilty pleasure, but I really, <laughs> like, uh, I really like armchair expert. Um, so good. I've just discovered it. <laughs> yeah. a, a former, a former high school student of mine, actually, um, before the pandemic turned me on to, uh, Dax Shepard and Monica, gosh, Padman, and uh, their their podcast, Armchair Expert. And it was really amazing to like watch what they did with the podcast through the pandemic. Like when I first started listening to it, it was really, they were just interviewing other celebrities and people yeah. in the entertainment. And then like through the pandemic, they just like, wow like they just opened up into this like incredible space and order and like interviewing like um scientists and re and it's just been like amazing to like watch their watch their evolution yes so yeah yeah it's been favorite. fantastic I, it is definitely my latest binge actually at the moment 
So when it, when we think about the myths, and we've already talked about, you know, highly sensitive entrepreneurs are in rooms, like you spoke about, you know, I'm going to write a book three hours a day at 5am in the morning and that sort of thing. What is the myth you'd most like to get rid of in the world from an entrepreneur and leadership perspective? Ooh, I don't think I fully understand the question. Can you ask it? So there's these, um, maybe it's maxims, like, you know, to be successful, you have to X, to be this, you have to be Y. Is there one of those myths, maxims that you'd love to see destroyed in your lifetime? Oh, yeah. I think it would go to the hustle culture. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. In order to be successful, you have to hustle. I mean, there isn't one highly sensitive entrepreneur that I mentor who hustles. We don't, we don't hustle. (laughs) (laughs) I think actually most of my audience is going to be reaching out to you saying we don't want to hustle either. (laughs) Yeah, no. No, 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 no. Like it's, you know, like, so the, the title of my book is different because everything about being a highly sensitive entrepreneur is about how to do it differently. Yeah. Um, and, you know, hustle tends to, you know, give HSE hives. So we don't do that. And, I, the, you know, again, it just kind of works for one one type of person. There's nothing wrong if you love hustling. Yeah. And I always say that there's nothing wrong with it. But don't make it into like, you know, a a top 10, you know, entrepreneurial commandment. Um, Yes. It's not it's not the golden rule. It's not the bottom And I think line. it's quite interesting because I think it's still actually, I think it's at number one of the top 10 because we have this obsession has been bred into entrepreneurship with scaling, um, you know, and with that goes hustle. So I'm right with you on that one. Okay. Heather, if you think about who you were as a young girl and all her experiences and the world that she lived in, what is it that you still carry within you today from who you were as a young girl? Mm-hmm. My favorite album as a young girl, and yes, it was an album, (laughs) (laughs) was Free to Be You and Me by Marlo Thomas and Friends. And that was whether intentional, but I think, you know, knowing my mother in particular was intentional, a real foundational teaching that was really instilled in me. Uh, in me at an early age. Um, there was years where I lost touch with that for sure. Yeah. But if there's something that I've always come back to, it's yeah, that you can be free to be who you really truly are. Yeah. And I think that's exactly what we're all looking for is that freedom and permission to do that. Heather, as we wrap out, can you let our audience know where they can best find you? What's the easiest way to connect with you? Absolutely. That's at businessmiracles.com. So www.businessmiracles.com. Free resources, podcast, book, it's all there and reach out anytime. Amazing. Heather, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. I've so loved this conversation. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Raise 1000 Voices. I hope you've enjoyed the conversation as much as I have. And if you have, then I would love you to subscribe to and rate the show on your favorite platform. Our show notes, resources, and links to all our socials can be found at anygiventuesday.com.au forward slash podcast. And if you'd like to join a growing community of clever, creative, and courageous women who know that they want to be seen, heard, and remembered, then join us in our Facebook group, raise 1000 voices. Until we speak again, take care and remember you were born to raise your voice.